I am Ian McCurtis. With my, I am Jake oh, Curtis. Sorry, uh, I'm Jake Curtis. I'm also Jake Curtis. No, I'm Jake Curtis. Yeah, but th- there can be two be fucking about... people. There can be two fucking people with the same name. It happens. Ian uh, had to go to Target today. He's never been to Target. They had, um, they had, they didn't have Target in the alternate dimension he's from. Um, so he was not Walmart used to everywhere. People, but everybody was wearing everybody was wearing masks. It's not Walmart. It's Walmart. And uh, I wish I should know. I'm I'm the the world's best renowned scholar on alternative dimensions. I'm not. You know what? I'm not gonna fucking. Um, Ian's really odd. I'm not even going to entertain. I'm not even going to entertain this shit today. So just say your little really shit. channeling. He's he's really channeling like late '80s, like frustrated Nick Cave, <laughs> like just on heroin all the time, like angry. Like, where's my cigarette, mate? I'm gonna beat the fuck out of you if you dress like a goth. That's what I tried to go to Target for today because at Walmart, where I'm from, they have heroin, <laughs> but. I found out they have, that you cannot buy heroin at Target. They have heroin like they have guns here. You can just buy it everywhere. Yeah, it's legal. It's Well, it's the Second Amendment in the alternate dimension yeah. is that everyone can have drugs. Here, the Second Amendment is something about guns. I don't know. Well, the, the amendments are weird over there because they were on heroin while they were writing it. So the Second Amendment is like the right to heroin, <laughs> air arm. It just like trails off. Um, anyway, not to make light. Yeah, constitutional scholars debate. You know what it actually means. Not to make light, you know, heroin's a fucked up drug. You know, we're just joking around. Uh, so, Ian, what are we talking about for this uh, this little extra episode? So, for this bonus episode today, we uh, reference comic books a lot when hey, we're discussing these different Nick Cave songs. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me take it from here. That was really boring. So, okay. we talk about. <laughs> No kidding, no kidding, you go ahead. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of the like me like the best way to be like rude but funny. <laughs> so Ian was saying Just start like, making snoring about, noises. We need a soundboard with like just different people snoring. Tim's my friend. That would be some office hours shit. <laughs> uh Kyle, so, so yeah. nice. But when we're talking about these songs, a lot of times we'll be like, oh, this reminded me of such and such comic book. You know, whatever. I'm sure most of you guys listening, if you're Nick Cave fans, you're probably into reading. You probably, most of you guys, like, read a lot of books. But I'm guessing a lot of you all do not read comic books or are not that familiar with the genre. So me and Jake, we're going to recommend three different comic books each that if you're wanting to try, you know, that art form out, graphic novels out, this would be a good place to start. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good to me. I'm sorry. I was. So how do you want to do it? You want to go like. That intro is just still so yeah, bad. I, <laughs> I had to get Blue the intern dog to bite Jake on the leg to wake him up. Ian Ian is uh, drinking a Topo uh, Chico and he's just been like burping. So you, you're going to hear a lot of like dead space from all the the uh, sound. I'm going to have to edit out all these little burps. Bleh. Um. Speaking of Blue the Intern Dog, speaking of Blue the Intern Dog, I, you know, she um, she's working twenty four. So do you want to go like I mean, she's a dog twenty four yeah. seven? She's an intern five days a week for six to eight hours, um, and sometimes not even that much. She doesn't really work. She probably works like one hour a week, really. It's just for the podcast. 
and um, she barks. She'll bark at people when they walk by. She's like, hur, 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 hur. and recently, she'll 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 bark. It'll be like, hur, 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 hur. and then it's just like, like she just starts like she just like farts really loud. It's so funny. You just it's just you just like it just. Out of her butt, she'll just be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. like you'll hear like a, you'll hear like a little like passing of air. It's it's hilarious. Out of her mouth or out of her um, butt. So we're gonna just work. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll uh I'll get the dog fart cam set up. Ian, you need to get a, a video a video right one of these to post on the recording twenty four seven. It'll be a live so stream. You know, you see everything. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh huh. Okay. Well, you can just set it up. Oh, just get and we get, get Haley to walk American by wearing like a jacket with a hood, with so she doesn't know it's Haley. And then Blue so we're gonna will bark do we're gonna do fart, our comics, and then you get the video. No, all kidding aside, and Ian's gonna do the first recommendation, right. and then I'm gonna do one, and we'll we'll do six total, maybe a couple extra. <laughs> Take it away, Ian. So. Yeah, let's do it that way. Okay. So, uh, oh, Jake already fell asleep. I haven't even said a full sentence yet. So my first recommendation, I tried to make all three of mine very easily accessible. All these are still in print. You could probably find these guaranteed at any comic book store and probably even any bookstore if you live in a place that doesn't have comic book stores. So my first recommendation is going to be Neil Gaiman's Sandman. If you are into like the literary side of Nick Cave, the more like high art side, this would be right up your alley. It's very gothy. Uh, it, it's probably one of the comic books that most read like a novel. Like it feels, it doesn't even feel like you're reading a comic book at points. And it's the story of this guy, Dream. There's all these different, like, gods. They're called the Endless. So there's, like, Dream, Despair, uh, Death. There's seven different gods. They're called the Endless. These things that are constant in all of life. So Dream handles the world when you go to sleep, obviously. And it's just kind of different adventures he goes on. And they travel all throughout time. There's, like... Issues that are set in Shakespearean times. There's issues that are set in the modern world. Different dimensions, all kind of stuff. Just all revolving around the world you enter when you sleep. And I feel like tonally, it is very similar to like the 80s Nick Cave stuff. Very dark. Very like gothic, both in terms of there's a lot of people wearing black. And like that like gothic literature style and this is a comic book you could find literally anywhere like you could go to any barnes and nobles any bookstore any place that sells oh, books is, is coming probably out on netflix this. i was kind of hoping it would maybe get like the show and treatment or soon maybe. to be a netflix show here. i feel like hbo max just like everything more like but i mean yeah that'd be cool that'd be cool i'll, I'll be i'm interested i think that uh that'd be netflix great. I don't know if you saw this, but Dave Chappelle put out a video of um, talking about his experience with Chappelle's show getting um, basically the he would like he started he can't, 
he well he came up and he was you know writing jokes and doing stand up and he started being an actor and um, he sold Removed, his idea right? for Chappelle Show to Comedy Central and now anything that like he can't have a show called Dave Chappelle's Show anymore. Comedy Central owns his name and like so he was telling people and for listeners who are interested it's called uh, Unforgiven Dave Chappelle. Uh, look, look it up. It's on his um, Instagram. He posted it like I think this past weekend, but um, or maybe it was earlier this week. Thanksgiving kind of threw off my uh, my week because my work was closed on that day. Uh, so anyway, he talks about how he doesn't want people to watch the show. He's like, if you want to support me, the best thing you can do is don't ever watch Chappelle Show. And. One cool thing is that when he sort of came back into the limelight and he started making comedy specials, he started working with Netflix and Netflix was Man. like, uh, he, he, he approached them and he said, Hey, do you all, you all are playing my show and I'm not making any money on it. And I'm curious if you think that's wrong or not. And Netflix was like pretty cool about it. Like they were like, they paid him, I think they paid him for the amount of time they had it and then they took it off uh and then they made those specials with him and he's been working with them mostly i think exclusively or at least he had a contract deal for a certain amount of specials and he already fulfilled it because a lot of the stuff he's been putting out like he put out that uh 814 or 8 816 or something um which was that special he did in uh ohio on his ranch or his like farm or whatever he has like a big chunk of land he owns out in Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, and then he put this thing out, which I think was also kind of a it might have been like old footage, but it was really good. So anyway, I'm it, long story short, it's cool that Netflix is working on that stuff, and, and honestly, yeah, I mean he is. I think he's probably he's a the, genius. like the most he's the, he's the most representative comedian of our generation, more so than. I don't think there's anyone that even touches him. I think that, you know, there's there's guys our age. No. Without a no, doubt. Let's edit I don't that even think out. That's an edit. <laughs> uh, like Jeff Dunham? Absolutely not. <laughs> Dude, no way. I, w- I wasn't even. I'm just saying, like, there's no one else that's even. Daniel Tosh, like, there's no one else that's even close. As far as, like, popularity wise. God. And being good. Carlos Mencia. Oh, oh, oh. Dan Cook. Who's that guy that was before Daniel Tosh that was really famous? Fuck. Yeah. He was he was on yeah. that Employee of the Month. No, he was in that Employee of the Month movie. There's um there's some good stories about Dan Cook, Cook back in the day. I mean, he uh, was like as famous as it was Chappelle hard to for follow a minute, him but apparently. He's not and I think it was hard like like he would he just show up close. and like do a really long set and not give a fuck and he like I, I think he kind of burnt out pretty quick because he he just kind of took himself a little too seriously and he started, he just thought he could be an actor. And I think he made like two or three movies and they were all horrible. And I think he's had a hard time getting back into stand up. I thought it was really cool when he was on Louis CK's TV show, Louis. And they, he like, Louis has an episode where they address Dane Cook stealing material. There is, uh, there are, 
there are a few shows like Louie that I feel like they I did can't that meta really thing watch anymore with him stealing the jokes yeah. because they've kind of been tainted by the history of the comedian and you know to a more extreme extent Bill Cosby and the Cosby show but um yeah same anyway Ian great recommendation I hope I get saying I I I, uh, I hope I get a copy of Sandman for Christmas I asked I asked Santa for it and. Yeah, recommend a fucking comic for it, and basically everybody. No one, I've never really read Sandman, so I think I've only read the first six issues that Sam Keith did. Well, let me say this: a lot of just for any listeners, if you're trying to dive in, I would start at volume two. A lot of the stuff's self-contained, so like you can read, skip around. You don't have to read them in order. There's a story of this, like, serial killer convention. It's, like, at this hotel, like, how you'd have a convention for, like, you know, construction workers or comic book artists or whatever. It's a big convention at a hotel for serial killers, and it is just so ridiculous. So my recommendation and, like, is a comic Darkly funny right in that um, Nick Cave way. It's a, I picked up the so first volume the second of volume John Ostrander's novel. Suicide Squad run. Um, it... It is. Um, it looks like the the great I, I'm glad film. You said that because I was a little concerned. Um, it looks like this collection that I have collects the first that, that eight issues joke. of the 1980s run, as well as adding Secret Origins, which is their updated history. There's a story in here that I started reading today that I, I just had to talk about on the podcast So, because it's so relevant to our time, and I think that Nick Cave fans would find it interesting. So there's a – the to those that don't know, the whole, like um, – the whole conceit to the Suicide Squad is that they're basically ex-cons or ex-superhero villains that – are in prison and there's this woman named Amanda Waller who works for uh, tax task force X. And she puts together these criminals who, you know, they have these like wristbands or like neck bracelets that are connected to them. And if they try to escape a mission, they get blown up. So they basically are put in, put to good use as like problematic society, like said, like citizens of society. Um, now there's some problem there yeah so it's like you know they instead of like a plea bargain the they're like like take down they're trying to lessen their uh, prison time by working for the government like there's one issues where they have to like take try to take down the fatal furies or like protect this guy from getting kidnapped um from from the same prison they're in uh there's there's really cool stuff and the really cool thing about this book is that everything is referenced there's nothing that's left unsaid um, and the story that I'm reading in particular is called William Hell's Overture. And the artwork in this book is really good. It's definitely very 80s. Uh, I don't know. I think this was a pretty uh, fresh title for this era of DC. You know, I think Booster Gold came out around this time. I think they were kind of exploring some more B-level so like uh, DC uh, villains and heroes. But there's this character named William Hell who is an Aryan uh, superhero. And what he'll do is he uh, goes out and tries to fight crime. But what he does is when he finds uh, people who 
he'll find like a group of people who are committing like a crime, like trying to rob something. And like one of them would be white and one would be black in one instance. And he tells the other guy, you know, do you know where the, the white guy, he's like, do you know where the Aryan headquarters are? Uh, go over there and sign up right now where I'll tell the cops and I'll get you, I'll put you in prison. And then to the, uh, and then he'll, he'll frame one of the black guys who was in on the job too. So it's, um, there's sort of like this, uh, social social justice like commentary going on here and then what it turns out is that this guy william hell is this super right-wing conservative politician who's like going out and like basically putting black people behind bars and they the suicide squad gets hired to take to try to like infiltrate this guy's team and um you know, he's uh, he has covertly or openly funded many white survivalists, neo-Nazi and or KKK groups, founded one of his own called the Aryan Empire. William Hell, a new mask, a new masked crime fighter who has been working on Lafayette Avenue. He's vowed to clean the area of street crime, drug pushers and so forth. And his arrests, however, have consisted entirely of minorities, blacks, Asians, Latinos is what Amanda Waller says. So it's just a really cool story and I would never expect to see this kind of thing in like an eighties comic, even though, I mean, this was kind of the peak for like really like, you know, comics, people were not big fans of like Reagan era shit. I mean, there's nobody can see, but I mean, there's like, they're utilizing like, uh, social relevant, like symbolism and, um, it's just really, it's a really cool, it's a really cool book, and then what happens is the Suicide Squad have to yeah, infiltrate the, the Aryan Empire, and they conflicts. show up to this politician who is William Hell. Uh, they show up to his rally, and they 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 come in while he's in his politician garb. They come in as a fraud, William Hell, and they start speaking, and they start saying, um, "You know, you're being mis- misled by this politician." You're decent folks. You work hard. You sacrifice for your family and your country. You respect and obey the law. No one ever gave you nothing. You've made what you got. You struggle to keep it. The only way to do that is you got to stick together. And I mean all together, black, white, Latino, what have you. The only power you got comes from your numbers. So they're trying to like flip this shit. And um, I haven't finished the story yet. I, I've had a b- pretty busy couple of days. But um, I think that, you know, it seems like our fan base, like Nick Cave was definitely like hmm. pretty anti-cop. Um, though there's a couple of things that we'll discuss in the From Her to Eternity that I'm interested in getting your feedback on, Ian. So that's my first recommendation, is check out Suicide Squad Trial by Fire by John Ostrander. Oh. It's, it is it, it is so much better than the movie on so many levels. It's a great one, uh, and, and don't, I, I really um, if anyone's this, but I familiar with the movie, out, don't um, have any like preconceived notion. Luke McDonald, Bob Lewis, like Carl Kessel, and um, Dave Hunt as the artists. Carl Gafford is the colorist. Todd Klein and Albert de Guzman were the letterers. And then there were cover arts done by all kinds of like guest artists. Neil Adams did one. Um, anyway, uh, you're up, Ian. Uh, real quick, just to make this as friendly as possible, I'm sure a lot of this people pick up on through context clues, but if you're not familiar with comic books at all, when we say a run, like when Jake says a run on Suicide Squad, that means, let's take Batman, 
for instance. Like, Batman's been around for, like, 80 years or whatever. If I start writing Batman, I might only write it for a year. So that would be, like, my run. That would be the Ian McCurtis run on Batman. So when he says John Ostrander, that was, like, the writer. And that was the period of time he was writing it. And then when we say trade paperback, um, again, this might be obvious through context clues, but comics usually come out every month, like magazines. And then after six or 12 of them, they'll collect them all together into a big book. And that's a trade paperback. So it's usually a complete story. One thing I'll, one thing I I'll add to that is... I know a lot of times it's hard for people to get into comic books because there's so many say that terms they don't know. In my life it can be kind of insider and they don't follow okay, so my, It's just kind of like I, dead air. Uh, comics are not all like Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like They are actually interesting, compelling like pieces of art and... If you like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's not that's not a bad thing. It's they, they make good movies, but these these stories can go really deep and really like touch on some really relevant shit. So that's why you know we love them, and we also we also like the pulpy, like silly, like noir shit. And you know we love we love Batman, we love Superman. Like we're equal opportunity yeah. like interest podcast. So you know anyway, that's all I wanted to add. Yeah, I love superhero comics, and I'm not going to recommend any because I feel like if you're listening, you're familiar with who Batman is or the X-Men or whatever. But yeah, I love all of it. So my second recommendation... Sorry, that Topo Chico's getting to me. My Ooh. second recommendation is... No, I didn't have that on here. My favorite thing is Monsters by Emil Ferris. Was that on your list? We didn't share lists with each other. Okay, I was curious if we were going to have any overlap. Um, so it is a book put out by a company called Fanagraphics. They're like the publisher. This book is still probably going to be pretty easy to find. It's got a lot of critical acclaim. Um, but if for whatever reason you can't find it, you can get it online super easy. It is... Uh, if you're sitting at your computer right now, like listening to this episode, just Google My Favorite Thing is Monsters and look at the art. It's hard to describe. It's... I'm assuming it was drawn with like ballpoint pens on like notebook paper. It's so cool. Almost Such like a good book. it's from the perspective of a, yeah, it's from the perspective of like a young girl. So it's like her notebooks. But it's yeah, when when you say a comic book drawn in ballpoint in ballpoint pen, you probably would imagine something like not very refined looking, but these like pages could go in like art museums. It's so the art is so unique and beautiful. Um, it is a, speaking of silly noir, it is a silly noir story from the perspective of this young girl who, you know, for whatever reason, like psychological issues or just like feeling unpopular or whatever, she imagines herself as like a monster, as a werewolf. So, you know, instead of like having an imaginary friend, she imagines that she's a monster. So it's like this noir murder tale set in like 1950s Chicago through the eyes of like just ima- like the most imaginative like 10-year-old girl. It's just such a cool idea for a story. So she lives in this apartment building and you meet all the different neighbors and someone's murdered. She's trying to figure it out. They go 
to all these like famous Chicago landmarks. You get to see the city in this cool art style, and it just feels so unique. Late There's nothing like it. Early 2017. And I know Jake read it too. It probably came out four, four or five years ago. Maybe not that long ago. Maybe three years ago. And we were both just like enthralled by it. It's just so cool. It's just one of those things you can do with comic books that you couldn't do with any other medium. Like you can write a prose book and have it be this unique style like she did in the way she did. There's oh, pardon me. It's like a singular um, work. Nothing else I, I've ever I, read. It's or a really seen singular like it kind of work. It it is very unique. I've never read anything like it. Um, there's a really good interview that she did with Noah Vance Skeever, who is another like big indie comics guy on a label called Fantagraphics, which to any newcomers is a really cool label that puts out a lot of indie comics. So if you're not so much into the superheroes, you can find some cool stuff on there, which I will mention in my recommendation. Yeah. And indie comics just being the same as indie music. Indie comics is usually anything that's not published by Marvel or DC. If so, you've heard of books like Mouse, not your superhero stuff, US by not your Spiegelman, not your Spider Man, not your Batman, not your anything Wonder Woman. by Daniel Klaus, just anything that falls outside of that. for Ghost World, which is based on his original graphic novel. Um, what's that other guy's name? Chris something? Chris Ware? He did uh, Jimmy Corrigan. Um, that's not on my list, but that's a good one. We'll, we'll talk about that Chris another Sawyer. time. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. My favorite thing is Monsters. Putting one of his books on list. My recommendation... I, I, so, I'll be honest. I, I was really just going to recommend stuff that I've read recently. But since we're recommending stuff to people who are kind of newcomers, I kind of changed my list last minute. Um, one book and this one's pretty different from the last one so it's it's less like comic booky it's more like kind of fun and funny and kind of touching and like a sitcom in comic book form so uh ian has heard me talk about this person mm. ad nauseum this year but i have been reading simon hanselman's crisis zone web comic that he publishes on instagram and he puts one out, one or two out every day, and they're always really fucking good. They're they're sometimes they're really funny, sometimes they're quite touching, and other times they're like very violent and adventurous. And there's a lot of like COVID. It, 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 he started writing it during COVID nineteen, so every issue is just seems like he's just kind of eschewing and like you know making fun of culture in a really like smart like not offensive way and uh and so there's these characters named meg and mog uh meg is a witch it's like satire but set in this fantasy world that they create her boyfriend uh and then there's owl who is just this like owl that has that is drawn similarly to big bird but it's an owl um and then there's a character named Werewolf Jones who I think kind of comes back to life in this series and he's in prison now and uh, all of this is going to get collected in a book that'll come out next year. But 
I, I'm still pretty new to it. So I'm kind of learning about Simon and like this writing, but they're a pretty new artist to the genre. And, um, it's just, it's just at Simon Hanselman. Do you have their Instagram handle so people can look up? Just like you said, all the comments are on Instagram. Uh, on Instagram and their avatar is the owl character I mentioned. Um, check it out. See if it's your thing. It is very It is grotesque. It is pretty sexual. It's very vulgar, but a lot of it is kind of to in a, to a certain effect. It's creating an effect that is like, it, it's just, it's, 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 it's kind of like in, in an opposite way. It's like that email Ferris. My favorite thing is monsters book. Ian mentioned, it's just like, completely fucking bonkers like lots of drugs like there's a there's a scene where they spike the food at dinner like a like one of the like werewolf jones like spikes the food at dinner with acid and everybody just trips balls for like two days and they're being recorded they're like a reality they become a reality tv show called like uh anus anus castle or like anus king or something <laughs> stupid like that and it, it's you know what it's not if it's it, it might not be your cup of tea but it's worth checking out because i think the art is really well done <laughs> oh i i am i actually ordered one of simon's books on fantagraphics did like a black friday sale and i was like fuck it i don't have one of his one of his books um but i'm a big fan i really like it it's different than what i usually read which is like you know green lantern and x-men and i'm reading i'm getting back into immortal hulk which is another phenomenal um run that's going on like it's a current marvel comic and immortal hulk is uh it's like a horror like kind of sci-fi book so anyway uh that's my recommendation second recommend As I mentioned and earlier, that's also from the company, is, the same company like that my favorite thing is Monsters. Publisher, but they've been around for a long the physical time. They book, put out like Peanuts um, books, put out by Fantagraphics, old like Disney comics. So now, really cool company. Support them. They're buy from their website. They're a great company. Yeah, I know to like all, all our to all our European listeners. I know that like the Donald Duck comics are like as big as Spider Man is here. Fantagraphics reprints all that stuff in America, and they're a really cool company. Um, so for my last recommendation, I'm trying to uh, gauge it's, what it's your last one's going to be, Jake. Uh, Is your last one by? Like I said I kind of had to change. I kind of had to change mine. Creator. Okay, it's not something. Yeah, I had four. I had like four things I narrowed it down to. I'm trying to decide what I want my last one to pick, or what my last one to be. So for the first pick, the Sandman comics. That's probably like the most artsy of what I did. The most like high art. My favorite thing is it's monsters. A very emotional book. A little more silly. It's a very still emotional because of the book. art style. Very yeah. like, I'd say art. You know, very uh, refined. You might say, very emotional. So for my third one, I'll do something even, you know, more silly. Something more fun. Not that the other two aren't fun. I'll do Hellboy, which we have referenced before. Probably the most Nick Cave comic. It is uh, originally drawn and written by this dude, Mike Mignola, who also has a very distinctive art style. 
tons of black, uh, very like angular drawings. Hellboy is a creature who gets summoned to Earth during World War II. The Nazis uh, had this division of their army where they're trying to summon these demons from hell to like win the war for them. So they have this like necromancer dude who's going to do the ceremony. And so cute. instead of summoning this giant demon or this giant dragon, summons this little, you know, this little red creature. He's a little baby. And it's Hellboy. And he grows up to work for the American government, like, investigating paranormal yep. shit. The great thing about Hellboy comics is literally if anyone, if you go to your local library or bookstore or whatever, anything you find Hellboy, you can pick it up and read it. Everything is self-contained. It's like it's like a sitcom where, like, if you read it all together, there's stuff that'll connect, but you can start anywhere and kind of know what's going on. It's very friendly in that way. And the tone of it is just like a lot of those murder ballad songs we did. It's very dark shit, like, very violent, it, it, gruesome. It really borders on Hellboy's the line of, just like, there, like, silly. Smoke a cigar, and, making jokes throughout all of it. Uh... You know, much like Nick would be. in its like tone, it's, and it's really uh, good. yeah, it's a very hard like. It's hard to say what genre is because it's not horror. There's too many jokes, I think, for it to be a horror book. But it's not nearly funny enough to be a comedy book. Like, there is some like really Lovecraftian scary stuff going on but yeah i think it would hellboy, be hellboy has listen, i think if you like nick cave this book would, there's no way you wouldn't like hellboy comic books it's gonna be right up your alley and yeah they still they still go on to this day it's this huge universe there's all these different characters now and it's usually all great all of the same quality I haven't read everything in the Hellboy universe. I, don't I mean, think if anyone it, has, if but just for like you can a pick up anything testimonial, I worked at this comic book shop called The Great Escape, and I was working there right when he, like Mike Mignola, came back to the book. And for those who don't know, for a while, Mike Mignola was only doing covers, and he was like handing over the writing and the art duties to other artists, uh, especially for some of the like offshoot, like. They would do separate series that were in the Hellboy universe, but he didn't always like he was kind of like a creative director, but he didn't always do the art and the writing. But he came back and started doing it. Uh, he does. So whenever he finished Hellboy in Hell, I think he's still. I don't he I still because I think he he was either. I think he's back recently to finished doing, like, Hellboy in Hell, but he did do he Hellboy in Hell. If not and all of it, he did most of it. Uh, writing and drawing it. He might have yeah. had some writing help. I think he's had some collaborative efforts on writing. But um, I jumped in and like started reading Hellboy and Hell at like issue eight or nine, and that one's more of an arc. But I mean, you, it's still so fun to like see the worlds that he creates. And I mean, Hellboy's the most like Nick Cave character ever. I mean, he just kind of laughs in the face of death. And we didn't, we didn't even mention. There's tons of Paradise Lost imagery, just like yeah, it's great. Down to Hellboy uh, has a big. I think red it's a right missed opportunity that 
and Nick that, Cave didn't know, score the Hellboy movie punch that it, Guillermo del Toro did, but maybe maybe they'll maybe it, oh yeah oh okay it, I I'm gonna I probably sounded like well a Red Right Hands in I haven't watched those movies might be in both I don't Hellboy even movies. know if I've seen the second one so, I mean, but got, I watched the first one ad nauseum as a kid but I yeah yeah. That's a great recommendation. I, I like your list. No, but he um, didn't. He didn't score them though. I mean, trying to come up awesome with a good mix here because I feel like you've come up with some really approachable ones, and the ones I've come up with are a little bit like weirder. Like, I want to try to like appeal to all kinds of audiences here. Uh, Yeah, I will say while you're thinking, the fourth one or the one that I was like debating, it came down to like Hellboy or this one was The Inkle by Mobius and Jodorowsky. But I feel like if you aren't familiar okay. with comic books, I, you don't want to start with The Inkle. It is very fucking crazy. I, I and did a out. mainstream comic book, probably not very approachable. Um, Suicide Squad. But Plot, if you're into crazy and drugged out, consider to be. It's still kind of B tier, but it's great. pretty mainstream. In comparison to the others we talked about. And then I did Simon Hanselman, Crisis Zone. Yeah. So I'm going to end this with one that I just found out about this year that's been going on for a couple of years. It's like an anthology horror series that a weirdo I got one. turned on to by Ian called Ice Cream Man. And, uh, and I'm not going to talk about it very much because... I still Ooh, like I read this? it months ago and I'm oh, still processing great it. Pick. It is one of the coolest experiences you will have reading a comic book. It's so chilling. It's so scary sometimes. The ideas that um I got my copy over here. The ideas that it's so well illustrated. It's basically um, like if if you like the Twilight Zone, all like I don't know if they then you're gonna love this comic. Artist, okay. So, Mart Martin Morazzo or, or is Mirror. the does the art, and then Chris O'Halloran does the colors. Lettering is done by good old Neon. Cover design by Shanna Matt Usak, and then interior design by good old Neon. I love these new comics. Have these like comic book writers with weird names, and then. The writer of this book is W. Maxwell Prince, who deserves a lot of credit for how everything kind of rolls off the page here. The artwork, it wouldn't Just, be what yeah. it is without the artwork. Like, the artwork is beautiful, so well done, so creepy. The coloring is fucking phenomenal. This is, this is a, like, this is a top tier comic book coming out right now. And, I haven't been able to find a copy of this of volume two um, online, so I'm probably going to pick it up at my local comic book shop. Probably not until like January because I'm I have like a huge stack I have to read. I won't tell you much. Ian said it pretty well. It's like the Twilight Zone, but there's this one central character who is the Ice Cream Man, who is like this boogeyman character. And sometimes he's not a part of the story, and he'll just show up in a background panel doing something creepy or he might be like inhabiting the role of like this like unnamed monster that happens in some of these tales there is a there is a story in here that is about this guy who used to be like a one-hit wonder like rock and roll star and he hallucinates this thing where he is like playing music like in a yellow submarine with like members of the Beatles and like Jimi Hendrix 
and it's one of the coolest fucking stories ever. It's called uh, Good Old Fashioned Vanilla. And um, yeah, I don't have much to say about this book. I'm still really new to it. I need to go back and read it again because there's so much going on. It's very... It's very scary. And they do really cool things with playing with the format. There's an issue that is drawn like in the style of Dr. Seuss and reads like a children's book. There's an issue that uh, you can read backwards or forwards. There's an issue that's like Neapolitan ice cream. So there's like chocolate, strawberry, vanilla. And each page has like three different stories going on at the same time. Top, middle, bottom. There's just a lot of cool things that play with like the medium and if you take up my recommendation on sandman and you like it and you want more stuff of that tone I, go I straight to like, ice cream man. Uh, like if you want those ideas that it's are like gonna appeal to Nick scare you and keep you up at night Nick cave has so many varying flavors it's, it's the same kind of book. music like you can go for some nice like <clears throat> rich chocolate on boatman's call you can maybe get a little bit of like um Rocky Road mm. with Skeleton Tree and Ghosting. And then you can sink your teeth into that sweet, sweet <laughs> vanilla of the good son. You know, you either they Nick he he does a lot of experimenting in his music. So I kinda I kinda just chose this. I was gonna I, I the two books that I had oh, yeah. on my list. Go ahead. I think it's a great pick. I think this guy this guy's like there the are modern many or like the young Neil Gaiman like during coronavirus and Neil like Gaiman is just like the literary version of Nick Cave. Of so joys of my life right pick. now. But I will say that in general, in my lifetime and yours, we have been blessed with like the kind of comics we've been getting. I mean, not even talking about like literature in general. We have so many good books that come out all the time and like still pretty contemporary writers putting out cool stuff. But comics have just never been better. Like I every week there's like some cool book like that's coming out so hopefully you guys enjoyed this we honestly if we hadn't done a podcast about nick cave i think we would have tried our hand at just doing a comic book podcast Mm -hmm. um but this is kind of us like sharing a different aspect of our interests and like how you know a lot of us like artistic writer like musician types like you know all kinds of media go into the kinds of stuff that you make as a creative person and comic books are so inextricably linked with how Ian and I look at the world that we thought it'd be cool to recommend some stuff to people who maybe don't know where to jump in because I mean, it's the same with TV shows and movies. Now it's like, where the hell do I get started on this? And it's like, you know what? Here's six books. Choose one. Sandman is a great first one. I think for a newcomer who doesn't really, if you're not into superheroes, it's, it's kind of got a little bit of both. Hellboy's great. If you don't want anything too, too deep or heavy and then if you do want something heavy you got my favorite thing is monsters you have you know simon hanselman which is a little bit weirder ice cream man if you that's probably the most intense book we put on here and then suicide squad if you just want some light before bed like action books like with some cool like you know you just want a little action you know you got all kinds of ice cream flavors to choose from so we love you all and you know, we we got a lot of we've been Some getting action. a lot of emails and stuff from you all just saying you're enjoying the podcast. So this is kind of a gift to those to you all, you know, going into the holidays like we're, we're thankful for you and we'll be making more stuff like this. And 
Um, we just appreciate the support. Yeah, and that'll wrap it up. Check us out on Instagram at Jubilee Street Pod. Yeah, email us. Yeah, it's Jubilee Street Pod at Gmail. Uh, at, Ian, I apologize. He fuck, hit what's the our email? At Jubilee Street Pod. Reported, so he's a little loopy. We say it every week and I forgot it. Can't believe you hit the broccoli wand. I don't know. A galleon chip. Oh, I can't believe I forgot our email address. What kind of fucking rickety ass chip are we running here? Ooh. So yeah, uh, thank you everybody for listening and we will see you next time.